and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. Can you give me like 15 minutes? Can we do that? Bless you as I give you guys a minute. I want to speak for just a moment and I want to, I want to prepare us for what I believe God is having a step into. And we've been doing this for, for a few weeks now. How many of you loved Pastor Tyler's sermon last week? Three of you guys, good. Man, he did such a beautiful job speaking to us about how to navigate disappointment. And whether you know it or not, every single one of us, we have to navigate seasons of disappointment. Are you hearing me? If you're not going through a season of disappointment right now, you better know that you will at some point hit seasons of disappointment, discouragement, where things like where God spoke to you something, but what you're living does not match up to what he spoke. I was thinking about that this morning. This is a season in my life where I have received the most prophetic words as a church. As a church, we have received the most prophetic words than ever. And as I'm navigating this week, I'm watching as the devil does this and he accuses and he he brings sickness and, and fear, all these things. And I'm thinking, the more the word of the Lord comes, the more of the more of an opportunity we have to steward that word. You understand? As as we move from being defensive, this is much of what the church does. We live in defense. We just live in this place of, well, the devil, the devil does to me, and then I try to respond to what the devil's doing. But as we become offensive, offensive in meaning we are no longer going to give enemy any time in our service. We're not going to preach any longer about what the devil's doing in the world. You want to be updated? Watch the news. You're not going to get it at church. What we want to talk about is what God is doing and what he is releasing. This this will bring you life. This will bring you life. Listen, you can be informed. You can do whatever you got to do. But what I'm saying is we need to understand what heaven is doing more than what's happening in the world. I want us to get this because this is important for us. Because I feel like we've, 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 We've been in a season of being distracted. Do you remember? I was thinking about this during worship. In Luke 10, when Jesus walks into the house of Mary and Martha, and she walks in, and they came out of a journey, and they were in a village, and it says this. This is Luke 10. It says, a woman welcomed her, Jesus into the home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down. I want you to see this. Mary sat down attentively. Say Attentively. She sat down attentively before her master. What was she doing? She was absorbing every revelation that he shared. Uh, many different translations say, but this is what, what was happening. She was receiving his words. She was. As, as, she, as the Lord was releasing words, she was receiving them in her heart. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores and preparation for guests. So she interrupted Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord answered her and saying, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset? Why are you troubled? Being pulled away by all these many distractions. Then he poses this question. Are they really that important? I believe as we look out at the church and what's going on in the world, I believe that the number one word that you can put, if there was a banner that was written over what's going on in the world, it is distracted. 
Do you know that you can go to church every single Sunday? You can come to this building seven days a week and pray from six to nine and still be distracted? I want us to be really aware that giving of time and being active does not necessarily mean productivity in the kingdom. That we can be pressing in and I, and I just hear the word of the Lord even as we were worshiping, you can feel that tension in the room. And I hear the Lord saying, are those things you're carrying, are those things that are on you, that are weighing you down, are they really that important? Because here's what I know, the enemy has the tendency to make things that are unimportant feel very important. I've learned, I've been doing ministry since 2008, I've learned that little voices can become really, really big voices by the amount of attention we give them. There are things that become, they're really insignificant at first, but once things like disappointment, discouragement, offense, hello? Once those things begin to creep into our heart, we begin, here's what it does. When we become distracted by our activity, you, you, you put whatever, you can substitute activity for whatever is going on in your life. You can substitute it for work. You can substitute it for ministry. You can substitute it for family. When we begin to make the activity of the Lord more important than the Lord, what begins to happen is we become offended with the Lord. No, 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 this is what was happening. Martha was so distracted by activity that she began to say, Lord, don't you care? Imagine this. This is Jesus. The most selfless person who ever walked this earth, who gave his life, yet in a moment where he is there and he is releasing words, and you need to know his words are life. When Jesus spoke, it was never babbling. When Jesus spoke, as my wife was saying, it became bread which brought nourishment to the soul. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about literal bread. Even though I'm on a fast, Cuban bread sounds good. Cuban sandwich, wow. Look at that smile. But when, when the Lord releases his words, as, as, as the Bible was saying, as he was speaking, it says Mary was released. She was receiving every revelation that was coming from him. And the reason that so many of us, we are, we're tossed and we're turned by the waves and the things that are going on is because we are not receiving his words. We have found substitutes Things that, that become nourishment, that we think become nourishment, well, what they're doing is they're killing us. So, for example, we live in one of the most nourished countries in the world, yet the, the reality is the statistics for heart attacks are some of the highest. Why? Because we're becoming nourished by things that are killing us. And what happens to us when we come to church and we become distracted by activity, next week this is going to happen. You're going to begin to look around, all the people, all the commotion, all the, all the expectations, and if we're not careful, we will find ourselves being busy and distracted and worried instead of sitting at his feet and receiving every word. Are you hearing me? Are you alive? I feel this is important for us because the, the Lord, I, I kept thinking about the altar this week. 
in the Old Testament, there was, there was a tabernacle and there was an altar. And the people of Israel, they would camp around the tabernacle. And this would be where the presence of God would do. It was amazing. Just that lesson within itself that they built their lives around the presence of the Lord. Just think about that. Our lives right now, for many of us, Jesus is an accessory. We have our life, and we have work, and we have family, and we have Jesus. Instead of being centered around Jesus, and from this place, we have family. You see the difference? If, if COVID did anything for us, it exposed this. It exposed, it exposed this. Like, why do I feel depressed and why do I feel anxiety? Because our foundation was not firm. And now as a body, as a body, we've gotten to a place. I was talking with Steve on the phone and I was like, we were both laughing. People, I thought we were crazy. We were both laughing because we've come to the realization that the devil has nothing on us. You know what it's like? There's nothing, there's nothing the devil can do to me to change my pursuit of Jesus. This is what he's doing to the church. I don't care what kind of offense comes my way. I don't care how many, I don't even care how many people are here. This morning, honestly, it's funny. This morning I was looking around and I was like, man, there's so many people that are out. We're always full. And then immediately I thought to myself, this is a test. Have you ever found yourself in that place? Like, this is a test. Like, how I respond in this moment will determine what, whether what comes out of my mouth is true or not. Just a little vulnerable moment there, yeah? It's a test. In so many of our lives, we're caught being distracted and then we're looking at the Lord. Well, well Lord, why don't you tell them to do? Don't you see me? Don't you, do, why, why have you passed me by? It's a faulty perspective. So the altar. They would take the altar and they would perform sacrifices on the altar because sin created separation between you and God. Whether you know it or not, sin, you, you giving yourself to sin, it creates separation. Se I'm going to say it again, separation between you and God. God cannot dwell in a place. Oh, Lord, we don't preach this anymore. I know, it's weird. Like, oh my gosh, he's talking about sin. Sin creates separation between you and God. And what God is trying to do is bridge the gap. It's what he's done. So they would come to the altar. They would give sacrifices. There would be a lot of blood. It'd be very disgusting. And as they entered in, so they'd enter into the, through the gates, there would be a altar. And there they would give the, whatever sacrifice they had to give. The one I want to talk about today is the burnt offering. But they would perform a sacrifice. And after the sacrifice, they would go in and they would experience the presence of the Lord. Are you with me? Now we in the church today, we don't, we don't, we don't make sacrifices anymore. Because according to the Bible now, we become the sacrifice. That's why the Bible says we become living sacrifices, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. So instead of us coming into this place and there being an altar and us killing animals and saying, now you are made right, you are no longer needing to come to a priest. You are now, Christ becomes the mediator. He stands between you and your brokenness and his, his sacrifice atones, meaning it pays the price for your sins. This is good news. Oh, I feel the Lord. Because what that means for me is for weeks like this week where I felt pressure from every side, I can take a step back and say, God, it can't be me. It could only be you. I don't
don't really know. Listen, I don't really know. I was talking to, I think it was Steve. I was saying, I just really don't know how people do life without Jesus. I just, I just, I just don't know how they're making it through. And I was reading this week and I was thinking about the altar. And then I got to Leviticus 6, which is a very important verse for this church, chapter for this church. If you want to go there real quick, I'm going to land this airplane really soon. Thank you. Everybody else is like, no, bro, I'm hungry. I won't be that long. Leviticus 6. These are instructions for the burnt offering. This, this is the scripture that led us towards having a house of prayer. I read this. And it stirred something on the inside of me. And I believe that it's important for you to understand. And the gospel says this. John the Baptist says, I came to baptize unto repentance, but one is coming that will baptize you with water and with fire. Speaking about Jesus. And you need to know that God, <laughs> I'm going to say it in a second. Verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain. Say remain. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar. That's not the right one. Yeah. The offering is to remain left on top of the altar until the next morning. It's the same. I just don't like that version. And the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning after the priest on duty has put on his official linen clothing and undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside of the camp. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offerings unto it. And he will burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. And I've been thinking about this theme on how I believe next week there's going to be something deposited into us. Remember when I was on the ladder, really high up, my wife was like, you're crazy. And I was talking about this house. I believe that those that do not go up or don't give themselves to consecration or fully give themselves, that they're going to miss what God is doing. I believe that this principle applies to this, that God, only God can give you fire. I need you to understand this. No pastor, no church, no ministry, no podcast, no worship team can give you this, what this is talking about, this fire. Our job is not to come to a person to receive this. Our job is to maintain what is given to us. So in the context of the scripture, there is a fire that is given from the Lord and the fire must be kept burning on the altar all night, meaning that that which is given to me, I must tend to it. Like I, I must, I must give it attention. I must, I must, so like when we used to go camping a long time ago, what we would have to do before we prepared a fire is we would prepare the space before we built the fire. Because we understood that we can't just go somewhere and throw logs and expect it to keep burning. In order for the fire to burn with longevity, there needed to be a preparation for the fire to be set down. And so like when last week, when Tyler was talking about disappointment and you felt that thing like God releasing you and freeing you, what is he doing? He's preparing the place to send fire. He's preparing your heart. What does the fire of God do? It purifies us. It, it keeps us, it keeps us passionate. I don't know 
understand how we can't, how we become this passionless church. Like this apathetic, we're just going through the motions. We serve a risen king who is unshakable, unquenchable, cannot be stopped. And we, we, have, we have neutered the gospel and we've made it something is not, and that is why the world does not want it. And so as Jesus takes his rightful place at the church, and as there are people that say, God, whenever you release your fire, I'm ready to receive it. And I'm not just going to receive it, I'm going to prepare a place where it can continually flow. And I will become the sacrifice on that altar. I know it's hard, people, you know, people don't want to live their lives this way because it costs us something. And people in the church no longer want to hear about paying a price. Because it's costly. But I'm telling you, if we can redirect our hearts and say, God, whatever you want, you can have it. There's nothing hidden, nothing unseen, nothing withheld. What can God do with that? I'm telling you. Maybe all you have this morning to give him is frustration, fear, disappointment. He'll take it. He will take it. He will take it. The issue becomes when we withhold and we choose to hold on to those things. So he's saying to them, listen, you must keep the fire burning upon the altar continually. And then he says this, you must keep the fire clean. So as they, as they gave the offerings, when, when the offerings were burnt, there was ashes that would, that would be on the altar. And if those ashes were not removed, then what it would do is it would choke out the fire. This to me is no different than John 15 when he's talking about pruning. There were things in our life that at one season were fine and were okay and even was, it was a pleasing offering unto him. But if you're not careful, those very things can begin to choke out what God is trying to do in the next season. So what is required? We go in and we ask the Lord God, I want to remove. They had to take off their garments. They had to walk out of the camp. They literally could not pour out the ashes even in the camp. It needed to be removed from the whole session. And what I'm saying to us today is, I believe that if we were to be honest, listen, let's just, just close your eyes real quick. I just want you to understand how easy it is to hear from the Lord. I just want you real quick in this moment of stillness, just asking, Lord, what are the things in my life that are choking out the fire? Just listen for a moment. yielding, our surrender. It can be a good thing, but I'm, I'm telling you, it is stopping you from the one thing.
Father, give grace to every person right now. It can be this simple. It doesn't have to be shaking on the floor, demon deliverance. It can be this simple. Father, grace to release right now. sends fire there's a command to keep the fire burning the fire consumes the sacrifice and then there's ashes and the ashes are those things which they refuse to ascend upwards <laughs> so they only go down and the Lord says those things that refuse to ascend upward have to go they have to be taken out and then he says this, I want you to continually keep the fire fresh. You know, I, I know I've been around the church for a long time. When you begin to speak about things like the secret place or finding your quiet time with the Lord or spending, maybe you call it devotional time, people begin to feel like, oh, that's works. That's pressure. This doesn't take all that, bro. Like me and Jesus were good, and you might be good, but why settle for good when you could be great? There's this, there's this abundant life that is found in resting at the feet of Jesus that you will never find in this building. You can search your whole life. You'll never find it here because there are things in marriage that are only left for the secret place. There are things that are done in intimacy that require privacy. And those things that are done in intimacy and privacy in the context of marriage are the things that give birth. So people come to church, oh, that was incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm pregnant. No, you're not. That's only done in the private place. And I'm just, I'm telling us this because it's important. Why, why is this important? Because if you're not careful, you'll begin to think. One of the most discouraging things, me and my wife, we went through two miscarriages. There's nothing more discouraging than thinking you're pregnant and then realizing, oh, no, you're not. And in the context of spirituality, there's nothing more discouraging than believing God's going to do something because of a hype of a moment. Yeshua. You're like, oh, I'm up. And then thinking, wow, God, you're going to. And God's like, no, 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 I need to take you to the secret place. And that kind of confusion will cause hope deferred, which will make your heart sick. 
So I've already seen, we've been here three years, people walk in, they get blasted by the Lord. Oh, I've never been to a place like Abide. And they begin to move with the Lord. But as the Lord calls them to something secret, something deeper, something more intimate, they, res they refuse to hear the knock. They don't listen to the knock. And what, and what was once this moment of bliss and wow now becomes the Lord's no longer there. Man, I'm preaching today. What time is it? And what I want for us is to understand what did Jesus say about Mary? He said she chose the good part and it will not be taken from her. You can take my money, you can take my, you can take my car, you can do whatever you want for me, but you can't take my intimate moments with Jesus. People are like, I don't understand Paul. How did Paul write those letters from jail? He understood the power of an intimate moment. You could whip him, you could beat him, you can put him in jail, you can do whatever you wanted, but you couldn't steal his intimacy with the Lord which ultimately led for him to love people in a way that we really, we really don't understand yet. How does a guy in a cell write letters to those people encouraging them to go on in faith? Oh, can I read you one more thing? So I can sleep tonight. I want us to stand. Revelations 3. I want you to hear this. Write this letter to the angel of the Lord, to the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. He says this, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. So wake up. Strengthen what little remains for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. So go back to what you heard and believe that first and hold on to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you do not wake up, I will come to you suddenly and expect it as a thief. But then he says, yet there are some in the church who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I want you to hear this. And I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce them before my father and his angels that they are mine. Did you hear that? Those that choose to walk in purity and wholeness, which is only found in Jesus. The Bible says this, that he... <laughs> don't get it he says I will never erase their names but he will he will stand up and he will announce before the father and his angels they are mine make this super, super 
and easy. What I don't want us to do is to fall into a trap where we are people who think we are alive, but we're dead. It's a trap. The Bible is clear. You have a reputation for being alive. I don't know what they were doing, but in our context, it would be this. Man, your worship is really good. And your people, they're really friendly. And you guys, like, the, the ambiance is great, and it's free. You have your reputation for being alive, but on the inside. I'm not, I'm not saying this is us, but I want us to be conscious of this. That we're not giving our lives to anything that is soiling our garments. That we're not giving ourselves to things that are literally robbing us from the gift. It is a gift to walk in white robes. I'm not, some of you are like, white robes are freaking weird, bro. It's, it's walking free from the accusations of the devil and the garbage that he tries to put on us. So I want to pray real quick. Oh, Jesus, you are good. I just, yesterday I was just thinking about this. Your mercies, they endure forever. And you have become for us a solid foundation. We will not be those people when the winds and the waves come, our houses are taken away, but we have built our lives on the bedrock of the person of Jesus. Oh, yes, Father. So I ask right now for every person in this room that we come into agreement with this. We will be those that keep the fire burning on the altar. We will be those that remove the things from our lives that are choking out the fire. We will be those that continually add wood to the fire through the word and through worship and through intercession and through fellowship. Lord, we want to be a house that is on fire for you. We want to be a house that is passionately in love. I don't want to be caught doing things in your house and becoming bitter with those who have found themselves at your feet. Teach us, teach us, teach us, Lord, to choose the good part. I want to say this to you. Loving Jesus is not hard. I don't know who needs to hear that. I just, I kept feeling this like, I don't, I can't do that. Loving Jesus, if you don't know, if you feel like you don't know how to love him, you need to ask him, teach me how to love you. Because the way I love Jesus does not need to be the way you love him. My relationship with my wife looks different than Tiffany and Tyler's. And there is a unique expression within intimacy that is only reserved between you and the Lord. So Father, right now, teach us how to love you. And to let go. To let go of all of the things, God, that are stopping us from fully stepping in. I don't know if I shared this, but the enemy told me before we went on staff retreat, 
He said, Geo, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does that through division. And he divides through offense. Listen to me. Offense will rob you. It is a thief. It's not justice. I, I just want to take a moment for this. I, I want to give us an opportunity to just release offense before Sunday morning, next weekend. I want you to ask the Lord right now. This is how we'll end right here. This is, this is perfect. I want you to just take a moment and ask the Lord, is there any offense in my heart? release that person whoever it is that situation that person they don't have to listen they don't have to be right don't let their deficiency rob you from what God's trying to do Father I release this person and I forgive them they may not deserve it but I release them because I will not remain chained and captive We release them and we bless them. 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 Father, we want to be pure containers, ready to receive this next week and what you have. Not one of us come into this building to receive from man next weekend. You should settle that in your heart now. We're not coming next weekend to hear Corey, Dr. Michael Brown, Michael Dow. We're coming next weekend to receive from the Lord. And we will not allow any offense, any distraction, stop us. From the awakening that you said, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, let's do this. Just grab the hand of the person next to you. We'll just pray for the weekend right now. Father, for every person right now that is dealing with sickness, that is dealing from attacks from the enemy, Father, right now we come into agreement for them and we stand in the gap and we speak freedom freedom from sickness, freedom from discouragement, freedom from distraction. The things that are trying to creep in like anxiety and depression and fear and doubt. We bind them right now in Jesus' name. We bind them. We stand in the gap for those that are dealing with sickness in their homes and we speak shalom over their homes right now. That the peace of God would rest over their homes. And Father, that your peace and your encouragement and your grace 
and your mercy and your goodness would reign in their homes. We bind the accuser that would come to speak lies. We bind him right now in Jesus' name. And we ask that your voice, that the voice of the Holy Spirit would be loud. Oh, that it would be loud. Father, we speak a covering over your people right now. That this week would be blessed, that you would prepare us every day that you would be present. We choose to, listen, being present is a choice. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So we give ourselves to that stillness because we want to know. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and it shall set you free. The truth does not set you free until you know it. Help us to know. Help us to know. Father, we pray for this region for something to be released. Something to be released. And we bless you. And we give you thanks in advance before we ever see anything happen. Oh, you know, I pray for marriages right now. I pray for marriages right now in places of discouragement. Hey, baby, come up here. In places of discouragement and hopelessness. In places where things don't seem, they're not seen the way they should be seen. We pray right now that you would bring healing. Healing. You said the two will become one. And so the enemy has tried to divide, but we speak wholeness. We speak wholeness. We bless them right now. We cover them right now. Our spouses, our husbands, our wives, we cover them. We cover them. We plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. Yeah. Father, we just come against the accuser. In every marriage, the lying spirit that would accuse right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have unified us as one, Lord. So we speak blessings over every home, every parent, God. They would love well right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we would see you in our spouse. That this would be a time that we would come together like never before. I come against this fighting, this bickering, this nagging in the name of Jesus, this fault that I see fault in them. I see fault. We come against it. No, we see Jesus. We see Jesus. We see Jesus. We thank you, Father, for healthy marriages, for healthy families, Lord. We stand in the gap, God, for restoration. Father, for those who do not know how they're going to make it in their marriage. Father, we call friendship back into marriages right now in the name of Jesus. That there would be friendships coming back. There would no more be living as roommates. You're not roommates. You're in a marriage. You're in a marriage. So friendship, come back in the name of Jesus. Lord, And we just thank you for your compassion, for us to love our spouses with compassion and have empathy with them. Lord, let us see them rightly. And Father, we bind pride right now. You can be right, but if you're in pride, you're still wrong. We bind pride. Give us the ability to see things for what they really are and help us to die for one another. 
husbands, your wife will never, she will never submit until you die for her. You don't deserve it. Father, show us how to love. Show us how to love one another the way we're called to love. With submission and with love. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for healing. For healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. Okay, next week, yeah, next week, we have service at 10 a.m., and then after service is an empanada cook-off. So we could eat meat again, praise Jesus. Some of y'all eat meat anyways. We love you. Y'all have a great week. We love you guys. Have an amazing time. We'll see you next weekend, 7 p.m. Friday.